bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the After Things podcast with your host, Andrew Maine. That's me and Mr. Bryce Castillo. That's me. We may have a special guest drop in, a Mr. Brian Brushwood at some point, or maybe not. No maybe. promises, no promises. No if we can't get sure. him on this show, I'm sure we'll get him in the future. <laughs> so, Andrew, I had a, a project. Of course, uh, of course, this would be the week uh, when both Brian and Justin are uh, dis- are deposed. Um, I had a hair over the so I had a hair over the weekend to. I had played some video games. I play video games. We had a I, hair. Wait, I, where does that expression go? Like a wild hair. I had a wild hair. That's it. Where was this wild hair? Uh, <laughs> well, it's so I had um, played a few video games. I do some of the video. I play some video games here on Twitch, on Twitch.tv slash Night Attack. But I also obviously play stuff offline. And I had posted up in the Discord some of my thoughts about these video- various games I had played. Some of which I would not play on stream ever. Um, or uh, uh, some stuff that I did play, but uh, it was late at night, and they were these really long, you know, five, six-hour live streams. Um, but I knew, but I liked writing down kind of my impressions, and I've always had um, an inkling to do some sort of, like, video games-related project. Um, I, behind the scenes, I had been working on um, uh, a, possibly a podcast idea or... Uh, you know, people obviously there's a whole written community for writing about video games, but um, I just had the idea like, why don't I just do a newsletter? I do a video games newsletter, and once or twice a, a week, uh, talk about uh, games that I've played. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about news because there's news coverage for video games is so saturated, but you know, mm-hmm. key key stories. Um, but I I the thing that I am looking for because i think it can become other things i think if it, if this email newsletter was a bigger thing it could become a blog or it could become a podcast or some sort of video thing it could be any number of offshoots but for right now the things that i'm looking for are ways to take a newsletter and treat it it treat it proprietarily in a way that you couldn't for a podcast or a blog, right? What is a way that I could use a news li- an, an email list like this that is not just the normal one way? Here's my podcast. Listen to it every week. Uh, one, I think it's great. I think that like I don't listen to as many podcasts as other people. I prefer to read a lot of stuff. It's uh, for when it comes to long form books, I like to walk and listen. But podcasting often. There is uh, getting to the heart of what the big things I want to get to is often hard. And so I like the idea of what you're talking about there. I think a newsletter is a great idea because both, you know, we've talked so much about, you know, there's getting attention and there's retaining your audience and having people's every every week or more getting that newsletter in there. And maybe they don't read them all, but they know that they are there and they have them and they can read them at their at their leisure. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a, 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 I think we've talked about this in some form or another, but the thing that sort of kind of struck me is it's like, yes, there is tons of video game coverage. There are a few video game stories. There are few, you know, and a story is, can be anything from the story of the creators to the story of somebody experiencing it. And that's why we have watching people streaming, you know, playing games and why Twitch is so big mm-hmm. is because we, we want stories or experiences with these things. And I think that I think that it sounds great. You know, I, you look back in like the mid early 1990s, every newspaper had somebody writing about movies. There was one of the biggest things that happened on Yahoo and other news sites was they would have movie bloggers. There was no shortage of people giving reviews of movies. Then Harry Knowles comes along and with AinItCoolNews.com and creates this site that's like, Way big, deeper dives into movies. What's it like to be somebody who was more like us at that point than a reviewer getting into it? His experience with the movie, what he liked, what he comparisons and stuff and whatnot. And for for a period of time, you know, it was was the best sort of movie commentary there was, even in a world where we were filled with movie coverage. Uh, And and we've seen in the video game space a very large rise of of people doing documentaries about games mm-hmm. either after the fact or while they're being made um 
interviews, in-studio time, technical stuff. Like, that has blossomed in the past three, four plus years. And, um, but, but I, I, and so I, I am seeing that almost as its own, it's not oversaturated, but I see that as a much bigger, a much bigger deal than what I'm looking into wanting to do right now. No, yeah, I think, I think you're, you don't have to, if you have a, if you want to, like, I started writing books because, not because I'm like, man, there are not enough books out there. You know, I, I wrote books because I wanted to write books. And then the second choice was, well, what will make my book special or different? will be like, well, I'm going to write the kind of thing I want to write. Yeah, you because know, there's not enough. Like, I spend way more time looking for things than I do reading things. And, you know, I, I, I think, man, like, there's probably a few people like me that will like this kind of stuff that if, that that might click. And I think for you, it's I think it's a great choice. Yeah. So um, I, how do I subscribe? Uh, how do I how do I support this? Yeah. So I have a I have a link at my website neshcom.com. There's a, a a button that says Games Newsletter. It'll take you to the sign up page, uh, and it only asks your email address. I don't even need your name or nothing. And it won't be a lot, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 uh, election season, and my inbox is being hammered by a certain uh, a, a certain senator who just really needs four dollars from me. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hammer your inbox like that. Um, but I I I um, I'm trying to think of ways that that I can use this that you couldn't use a podcast or a blog to do, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I think my first initial idea was like uh, trying to have a bit of a dialogue, right? Kind of, kind of what with Justin does. I know he does this on the politics show, uh, the politics podcast, and a little bit on Jury, where you know he will put out a question and then uh, solicit, you know, people's, um, you know, response, feedback, mailbag stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I know with mail lists, you can make it a very direct. Uh, you know, like I know when when Brian has his sends out like scam stuff emails, uh, if you respond to one of those promotional emails, it will it will send that email back to Brian and it becomes like a one on one conversation. Let me tell you my thinking right now on newsletters sure. is that I think we are going to see the next not the next, but a major not quite maybe Facebook level or Twitter level or but maybe a, a MailChimp or something level company come out who's going to solve the idea of how to how, a really great way to interact and create and do content through newsletters. Mm-hmm. MailChimp, you know, has got a lot of cool services and tools and things like this. And like the sign-in form that they had for you, it was, was a slick sign-in form for your newsletter, whatever. Yeah. I think that's good. And MailChimp is doing a ton of stuff behind the scenes for making it easy to track campaigns and stuff, but they're, they're more like the, I want to sell you kind of newsletter or campaign stuff. And I think somebody who says, yeah, a newsletter is a way to engage or whatever. I think there's a something, I don't know what it is, but I think there's so much potential there because I think that is, you know, in a noisy environment. Oh, let me, let me confirm this for you. And there was a, Oh, thank you. There, there was, um, popular information, right. Uh, is, is a similar thing. This is, um, uh, Judd, what is your what is your last name, Judd? Uh, there, there's a journalist who does some political reporting, and he has a newsletter. But he has a free <laughs> newsletter where once a week you get a story or an article or whatever. But there's like a paid, uh, like a premium subscription newsletter where you get more emails a week. And mm-hmm. and I think it's really interesting because he like the the reason I found out about it is because he's broken a few news stories recently. Um, and I think it's, it's a really interesting um, idea where you just because we're so used to like paying for Netflix or paying for even podcasts, right. And extra podcast content that email almost seems, almost seems too easy. Almost seems too easy to make a premium thing. Hey Brian. Yeah. But, and I think that's why, it's, I think it's one of those in front of people, but we don't acknowledge like, like I think and would, like that one's going through Substack, which I've been following. And I think, like I said, I think, I think it's a great idea. And I, I think that there's so much more, I think it's because emails are so unsexy is why people haven't, there hasn't been a lot of energy in putting it into like, 
improving the stack, making it easier to do and monetize as much as could be done. Because and also because there's so much money to be made right now in sort of the more you know selling you stuff email and not so much the email as the content. Yeah, here's what I noticed with email is there is a reasonable expectation of being heard when you respond to an email that is orders of magnitude different from leaving a comment on a podcast or a blog post or anything like that. Uh, when an email pops into your inbox and it has, you know, from Brian Brushwood, for good or for ill, people hit reply and they're hitting a, you know, that's not my post to comment button. That is Gmail's reply button. And then they talk as though they're talking directly to me, which sometimes is pleasant and good. Um, and, and other times makes people feel uh, emboldened to to shout the things that they would say if they were passing me on the street. If it's, you know, if they're having a negative moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so I would say whatever it is structurally maybe figure out a way to take advantage of that where it's like um uh like for example if you were uh if you were to email blast everyone uh text me or 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 reply to me with an object that is in my house and if it's in my house i will send you a picture of it immediately um like as a bizarre game then uh, people will immediately engage and they will believe that they're actually talking to you in a way that they don't believe it with, uh, uh, with tweets, with uh, uh, text messages, with blog posts, with any of these other things. Um, and having said that, that's the highest level of believability that I've seen. But even then, I, I'm astonished at how many people, when I respond to them, it, uh, maybe maybe one out of 20 people say, um, who is this? Is this, you know, are, are you Brian Brushwood's media guy? And it's like, <laughs> no. But, but, but the other 19 people really do believe that it's you and they believe that they're talking to you. So mm-hmm. I would say... What, uh, but I, I don't expect that there there would be much barrier in my specific use case. I think most people knowing uh, signing up would know. I'm I mean, that's what I would like to lean into, right? Is like if that's a facet of it, then there's not even that one in twentieth person. They know that there's, uh, uh, I guess, a dialogue. Right. Just, you know, I, I think that that the engagement that you get back, like Brian pointed out, is such a wonderful asset of that. Is that that what's nice about email is my way to respond to you is the format of the thing. When we do a podcast, we want people to talk to us. We're like, oh, go email. We got to tell them to go into some other format or medium to respond to us, mm-hmm. you know. And the the beauty of like what was great kind of about like you know Facebook and Twitter to an extent was the 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 way to engage was the medium. The problem was is that everybody could respond to you, and then that sort of anonymity or or everything else kind of crept in. But an email is because it's it's like a podcast for your eyeballs in a way. People get it in their email box. They look at it, and then if they want to reply, they just click reply and say, "Oh yeah, Bryce, this was my favorite thing. I like this thing." Mm-hmm. And now you have all this extra content. Do Do you know what the single most, if if we're going to measure purely on uh, engagement metrics, the single most powerful email moment I ever had in my entire life was um, me trying on the experiment of of what I've heard call uh, called the uh, the six word email. Uh, which is like, keep it as short as you possibly can. And I think I, I think I wrote out some version of, hey, what's your favorite thing in the scam stuff store? And then uh, I got over four thousand emails in response, and each one of those I responded to individually. Uh, and and uh, that does two things. Number one, it it reminds every single person who replies to you that they're actually being listened to, which is very important because if this is uh, – email is a two-way relationship in a way that podcasting is not, that blog post is not, that Twitter is not. Uh, uh, Twitter theoretically is a two-way relationship, but even then it's sort of you know, you're, you're, you, you feel like you're barking from the back of a very large crowd. Um, and – so it was important that I respond to every single one of them, giving my thoughts on their thoughts and so on. And uh, but the other thing in this is possibly 
the more important part when it comes to maintaining the connection between you and the audience member is it trains the algorithm to figure out the difference because much like YouTube has an algorithm, much like Twitter now has an algorithm, Facebook certainly has an algorithm. Now emails, all email providers have an algorithm by which they filter out like, okay, I know you signed up for this at some point, but you always seem to ignore it. So I'm going to put it in this place where garbage goes. So I'm not really going to show it to you. Uh, they respond to it which is important for their experience on the algorithm, and you respond back to them, which is important to let them know that this truly is a two-way communication. So I would say whatever you could do on that end would be extremely valuable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, and that's certainly, as you scale and you're worried about the deliverability of it and all that, and that is that is sort of the, the, the frightening thing, but um, I'm... I, I do like I'm I'm ex I'm excited you're doing this. I just retweeted that was what I was typing. I was actually retweeting this out there for everybody, Bryce. Oh, so, thank you. Uh, in case I looked distracted, it was just everybody <laughs> check out what Bryce is doing. Um, I think it's a very cool thing. I'm curious to see where you evolve it to, but like that the feedback, like Brian said, is like getting people's response can be such a neat thing because it'd be like, hey, let's put this week's top ten. What are you playing? Whatever. It's a really what's nice is that you could do that on a blog, but you're gonna get you know you're gonna get everybody and 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 the spam issue is so huge we don't have that and the, there's not such a big spam issue with people responding to email <laughs> you know mm -hmm. um, well, and, and also there's no benefit to grandstanding because if you post a response to a blog in the comments you ostensibly are responding to the author but oftentimes what you're really doing is you're making your own micro platform as lord of the hot takes in the in the comments but with an email there's no benefit to that there's nobody who's ever going to see this response to the email except for you the the intended target so i think people speak a little bit more candidly and directly and and i suspect honestly as as well in those in those situations and and i suspect that there's some benefit to that as well um hmm. I, I i have one more question i i know a lot of the emails that you know skim stuff does are are generally single um uh, single objectives right like hey we got a product here's the email about the product um where what i would like to do with this and and it'll bear out over time i guess but i i, I would like it to be multiple little things right i like to be okay here is here is the hot news story and a short take or an explainer about it. Plus, here's an impression of a game I've been playing. And then here's, at, like, it's it's multiple things. And I know that the uh, the subject line is super important when it comes to email. Um, do you? And and this is something that we we get up uh, we we talk about a lot when we uh, are like publishing YouTube videos. Is is what's the best hook for people? But in when it comes to email, is it the opposite where more is better, right? If you have more things in the subject line that gives people more hooks to, ju to jump in or do they want one big thing? 20 years ago, I think that a collection, a roundup of things you care about was a very good idea. Uh, and people were actively excited about signing up for newsletters. I, I think those days are past. I, I think that now you'd be better off if you ha if five things happen during the week, then there should be five hot takes that are very short that you would send out over there. And five emails. Uh, five emails, because what's the worst that can happen? Somebody can leave, in which case, guess mm -hmm. what? They were never really part of your fan base anyway. They were never in, uh, really in there. Like, like um, uh, I, think, I think Justin does a daily political newsletter. Sure. And... Guess who signs up for that? People who want daily updates, right? So, whereas, um, but uh, I don't, I don't see, I, I don't love being inundated with emails. Like, I don't, I, I think, I, I think I'm still kind of subscribed to Justin's uh, email list, but I know I don't check it every day. That it's, it's too much, right? And that's fine. I, and Justin would not be served uh, eventually. Um, uh, Justin is not better served for you to pretend like you're reading it all if you're not. And likewise, you are not better served 
if you convince yourself that your once a week, you know, Bryce's thoughts, weekly roundup of the video game news, um, if, if they're not watching, you want them to burn out as fast as possible and you want to dump them. Uh, I, go ahead. I, I mean, it might be two different kinds of audiences though. Cause like I'm on the, like I shut down everybody who overfills my inbox is when I can't keep up with stuff. I can't, I unsubscribe. The ones I like are the every, every, you know, when I get a Matt Ridley one every couple of weeks, read through that one. I, I, I spent set aside time. I'm going to sit down through there. If I got his Twitter feed in my, in my email inbox, that would be, that's Matt, but anybody else, it's a different story. And I get, and for me, it's and it, like, if Justin's on the campaign trail and a lot of hot takes to be taken in Iowa or New Hampshire, that may be one thing, but like, I'm I, like, Bryce is like, is Bryce described this in my head? Like, man, I would love like a yeah, weekly. There's this really cool Bryce long takes on stuff, whatever that I would love. Cause otherwise like, yeah, I'll just follow you on Twitter. And it's, and it's not a rigid. I, I mean, we, we, we didn't, uh, I guess maybe it, it's not a rigid, like on Thursday, it's the third, like it would be, uh, you know, possibly a couple of times a week. Like it would be flexible to allow for breaking news stories or, or, or what have you. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think it, I, I, it almost feels like the use case because it's, I'm not really trying to sell much of anything at least right now. Um, and, and so I, 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 I don't like, I want people to read. I want more people to read because I don't need to churn through people and keep a high percentage rate. I would, I, I, I don't, does that make sense? Um, all, all of that, emotionally speaking, I, all of that resonates. Um, I know that there is a, a feel good aspect to your numbers staying high uh but touch of modern when you sign up for that and again this is a marketing thing not a news thing um when they very intentionally hit you three to four times a day because you're only one of two types of people you're either somebody who wants to buy a touch of modern thing in which case you're thankful that they are hammering you as often as possible with the maximum number of opportunities to buy touch of modern stuff or you're not, in which case you're taking up their bandwidth, you're costing them more from their uh, expenditure, whatever. And if you're not really meaning to be here, then maybe you just need to move on. I, but I those would, people, I would those say, people could casually go to the store and just shop when they want to shop, right? I mean, that's that's the off route. There is not that you lose a customer; is that they go and do it on their own terms. Sure, uh, uh, sure, but. Uh, I don't know that you're offering a very different thing because there's only two categories of people, people who want to hear Bryce's opinions on video game stuff, in which case they want to hear the maximum number. They want the maximum number of opportunities to hear Bryce's opinions on video game stuff, or they don't really belong there, in which case they kind of need a, so like, I mean, I'm going to dissenting opinion. I want to hear. I, I want to hear Bryce's opinions on things that he's like, cause we're talking about before the difference between coverage and stories. And the problem is, is there's ample coverage out there. Everybody's covering stuff. And sometimes what we want is more stories is we want more stories about things and stories are harder. They're not as easy as coverage, but I read stories. Coverage is disposable. I want Bryce's stories. Like oh, I went to go play this thing. This is my experience. I don't need Bryce on the floor of E3 or anything. Cause those hot takes are everywhere and they become kind of like they're, they're commodities. They're sort of there's there's a surplus of that, and it's why I I don't follow as many people on a lot of things because I just like great. I got your garbage take on this thing. I've got a thousand others. I, I, Give I, me a story. I I actually agree a hundred percent. And I suppose what I'm what I'm leaning in towards is um, if it doesn't merit an individual email as a thought, then I'm gonna guess it doesn't merit any place in a roundup of seven thoughts in there. Like if it's a garbage take, it's a garbage take and it's not made any better by being scooped up with six other takes that may or may not be garbage uh, so that we can feel like there's a roundup of a thing. Well, and, and like it is, this is not going to be heavy on news at all, which is why I wouldn't want it to be. This is why I'm kind of pushing back a little bit on like every news story or every one, every thought needs a thing because there is so much coverage, like like Andrew said, of news that it would not be a news newsletter. It would be 
more Im- impressions or reviews or what whatnot. Um, I guess I guess let me turn it around back to you. Sure. Um, let's take news completely out of it. Okay. Um, let's say it's uh, let's say I had a newsletter called Brian's Thoughts on Magic that was published before 1970, and that's the subject of the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, sign up right now. <laughs> I I uh, pitch me on why it would be better to have a collection of four of them rather than four individual ones, because if it merits your attention, it merits your attention. And if you've signed up, then uh, it seems like, like, like I, how is four essays collected into a monthly newsletter better than, than uh, 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 four emails of one essay each that's weekly. Well, I get like John Hawks is a guy who covers like evolutionary evolution, biology, stuff like this. He's been involved in some kind of stuff. The way his thing works is I get a bunch of his stuff all at once, which is actually I kind of like it because I when I'm in that mindset to read about this subject, a lot of it like I forget. But when I read, I'm like, okay, I get this kind of cool. Now he's going to talk about this discovery over here, and I kind of like for me, I kind of like that grouping because. I don't want to be thinking about that stuff every day, but on a Thursday, do I want to do a deep dive for half an hour into that? I kind of like that. And and also like too, it's like Bryce, like you may be hearing two different people telling you that our subjective choices on how we want to consume stuff too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just bear that in mind. Cause it's like, yeah, you I know, mean, my ideal and Brian's ideal are, you know, and, and, and my, my thinking of, of, why putting smaller smaller pieces together is because there would not be much long form content. Like it, it, it would be more occasional if there was, say, some multi paragraph review. Right? It would be quick, lots of quick hits, um, or or fix adding in having community stuff, or here's upcoming stuff, and and trying to keep flexibility with those smaller modules so that whatever each thing is it can have these small opportunities to be wacky without this huge commitment of here's a wacky email um you know yeah, i i and i think that's a good point is to recognize your own personal bandwidth because if truthfully at the end of the day the answer is i don't have the bandwidth to do this every single day yeah that's that's a different issue than than that that that, that is an important bryce focused question that you have to answer mm-hmm. uh not uh to, to to my mind a a relevant uh audience focused question yeah i mean uh having a soft limit of like one to three emails a week was one of the first thoughts in in, in the project because because there's only so much i can do and i want it to look n- nice you know i mean when i even when i was doing um like the music the playlist newsletter podcast like it took a lot to put those together and it ended up being i couldn't really keep it up every week or or every month um then in in that case i would say um i mean i guess it's almost like an zine sort of mindset yes yes in which case in which case uh uh lean into that like Mm. like and 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 i i don't think there's a right or a wrong way to go about it i think there's different objectives uh and i think that 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 Andrew and I are offering different sides of the spectrum on there. I think the most important thing I just heard is, you know, the Bryce bandwidth factors into it. Um, In that case, train your audience to number one, understand why the format is the way the format is and explain, um, you know, um, again, because we live in an algorithmic generated everything, uh, maybe even bake into it. Like, uh, uh, hey, reminder, this is this way because this is how much time I have. These are my thoughts. Hmm. Uh, if you truly love this email, respond with the word pickle and then go- off you go. And then everybody will respond with the word pickle. Because I, I think Justin does a little something like that where he puts a, a algorithm fooling like, hey, train your algorithm by responding to this with. Oh, interesting. Whatever your favorite thing is. Huh, uh, uh. Yeah. Um. I think that on the subject of putting multiple things in there, I get some long emails from people and the thing they should do is do summation, some summations at the top. Mm. And I like the idea of a blank here, blank here, blank here, you know, keep it simple. Sometimes people just go overboard with it. And to be honest, you, know. you could do worse than full on rip off the format of axios.com where each thing is a headline 
a two-line summary of your hot take, the words go deeper that allows me to either scroll past it or go deeper. Mm -hmm. uh, you could do worse than exactly what you're looking at right now. Hey, uh, yeah, it, it, this is the, this, this Axios, especially the sort of front page of like, new, uh, you know, uh, headline objective and then the critical thinking, like th this is like the size of the bite that it would be. The, the other thing I guess I'm thinking of because I've been reading it a lot the past like six months is, uh, do you know Daring Fireball? I know the name. Mm -hmm. uh, John Gruber. Oh yeah. Yeah, John, John Gruber. He is a uh he 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 writes about a lot of different tech things, but a lot a lot about uh Apple stuff. And so his blog is mostly like here's a link to uh, this news story and here's a small quote from it and here's my small take and here's a hat tip and that's the post. Yeah, and he'll do occasionally long longer written written pieces, but a lot of it is very low uh, low activity, um, mm -hmm. reblogging basically. The, you know? uh, I actually think that could work really well for an email format. The only thing I would suggest you add is at the top of the email, something that says what's in this email. Like oh, sure. I have, yeah, yeah. I have three judgmental takes on, uh, things, uh, one pitch for a video game that doesn't exist and a blank. Mm -hmm. And then like, like in one line, I now know like, well, I care about two of those things. Oh, this must be one of the reviews I don't care about. There's another review I don't care about. Oh, yeah. here's the hot take I was looking for. Here's that pitch I like. Very good. Oh, it says here, respond with the word pickle. So I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I'm glad I could, uh, I guess, make the case for it in in a, in in a way similar to how I was envisioning it. Because, I mean, we, we it, it was very funny signing up for the MailChimp account because it's very much like, all right, so are you selling products? No. Are you trying to generate leads? No. Are you trying to get people to your <laughs> brick-and-mortar business? It, it no. Just, it just goes to a page of a monkey going, what are you doing? I don't know what to why, do. Why are yeah, you yeah. even here? I'm the MailChimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For you, uh, for you hopped on, Brian, I was explaining that I think – there's a huge opportunity there, or maybe as you were, it was a huge opportunity for a company to come out with something specifically for this kind of thing, mm -hmm. because so much of what we want to do is, no, I just want to share information, like maybe market something sometime, but really just, yeah. you know, communicate. Um, it's it's funny because yeah. uh, I I have felt for the last few weeks, uh, uh, due to bandwidth limitations, I know that that um, uh, my email list uh, is is in a deficit of just catching up. Hey man, what's going on with you? And, and, it, and, and I wonder to some degree if, if that's not coloring my, my opinion on this, because I am aware that, that I'm short on bandwidth and, and, uh, I am certain that number one, we're paying way too much money and emailing way too little because at $800 a month for our current MailChimp list, Ew. it's a crime that I only sent out three emails over the last month. Uh, and, and granted, all three were associated with product releases, which people are accustomed to the idea of when Brian has a new product, he's going to reach out to us and says that. Uh, says, uh, er, But you want give and take. Well, with, I, I, with I, selling number stuff. one, I don't want to feel like I'm spending $200 per email <laughs> to send them out. Uh, so at the very least, I want to reduce that on a per email basis. But along yeah. with that, I want to I want to associate in their minds like, oh, it's an email from Brian. Is this a funny joke? Is it a, a story from behind the road? Is it an important news update? And and uh, it's funny that that's kind of the perspective that you're taking, because for me, I am almost using this as like uh, the the thing that I am missing is uh, uh, is a platform to just put words out for this stuff. Right. I do when I do stream games, I try to finish them. And then that just means like if I have any thoughts, it's usually immediately after. And it's in the 10 minutes at the end of this seven hour, which is video. statistically speaking, the very least the most watched. unpopular part. Yeah. Of it. Right. And then it just kind of gets lost after X amount of months and Twitch deletes it. Even, even but then you... I'm not going to make a Facebook account making long posts. I'm not, I don't really want to get into like a whole big thing of like making a medium uh, account because it's, I don't want it to be prim. I don't want to be proper. Well, and Let's, let's say a video game is an eight-hour experience. I would love to get an email that says, hey, I played a game. Here's an, not even a YouTube video. Here's an animated GIF of the best parts of the first 90 seconds. Yeah. 
here's the craziest moment animated gif that happened in the minute or maybe a, a maybe not what are some of the the giffy like things that have audio well one of those you know like 20 uh -huh. or 30 seconds right sure and then and then you're like uh and then you know here's the ending of the game and then here's the three minutes where i give my thoughts also if you don't want to click on this my thoughts are this like mm -hmm. that would be ideal so that i could take what was an eight hour experience for you and in about three minutes feel like i got the gist of of the bryce experience on that yeah i like yeah i like that i and i like the idea of using gifts that are actually original content like i i Man, you follow trends from emails, and like one was the emoji trend. Where like I knew I was getting spam when there were emojis, but the emojis in the subject line. I'm like, man, that's what spammers use. And sometimes like people legit emails started doing that, but I'm like, that's a bad trend. And then oh, that's the a good question because like, uh, Mailchimp says like, hey, don't use too many emojis. I think when you're setting your headline, but you you would prefer zero emojis. I I just know when I see an emoji, it's a marketing email. That's that's mm. somebody's. It's immediately I see somebody's trying to sell me something. Man. What like, I always do is I always say, you won't believe how good this is. <laughs> Laughing, crying emoji. Is it, should, yeah. should I stop? I, I title every email that way. <laughs> should yeah, I stop well, that? <laughs> Brian, if you, said, if you said you did that, I'd be like, well, nobody has more experience that I know that about the stuff than you do. So nah, I'm like, pick it up on what you're putting down. Three fire emojis afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They know My other hot. thing was, we have, a, we have an acquaintance, mutual acquaintance, not Justin, somebody else would send, would send emails out and they were doing the thing of putting the animated gifs in there, the random gifs, the thing. And I'm like, I hate that because it's like, it reminded me of every dumb sort of like lifestyle blog where, oh, we're excited. And then the excited gif and this, I'm like, that's like, it's annoying. I'm, I'm distracted by this thing that's not content to what you're doing. And it's there to like, it, it's there because somebody looked at a heat map of some effing blog and said, their eyes went here and we're getting readership there. And you know, I, uh, we, we, we did a little bit of that, uh, in the early days, man, six or seven years ago. Like we might say like, Hey man, let's blow this thing and go home and show a Han Solo jumping through a, That's a fine. door, door thing. Mm -hmm. But, but nowadays, uh, especially on a product thing, um, I, I always carve out, carve out the six, you know, if, if the product at the end of the day is, uh, a, a phone vanishes and appears in their hands, then show me an animated gif of the phone vanishing and show yep. me their amazed face as they look at their hands. Yeah. Yep. That's, and that's on, con that's content. That's con gifts as content. I think are great. The idea of like using the, the random, you know, gif things to put in there. Just like, that's, you know, that's like, also, Silly I don't think we me. did it on this. I, I, I was just totally pulling up that email. And... Uh, <laughs> this <Yeah>. is uh, <laughs> this is another one of those bandwidth things. Uh, what we did instead is, and I do think this was interesting. We launched a product, and we did include a link to our announcement video of the product. But I actually think that the most compelling part to buy the product was to go watch this unbiased third-party review of of the product oh really and and he does like a 30 minute review of it and he comes away with these are the upsides these are the downsides and we made sure to uh to 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 paint it red and 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 talk about those in the email oh so, clever that's nice yeah so yeah. so likewise i mean keep in mind because that's something that i would also like to do is like hey here is here is good reporting or here is here's a good video about right. games like yes third-party content but 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 also linking. maybe maybe even consider taking say here's a link to the full third-party con, con content but if there's one line you should hear and imagine cutting out from their third-party review yeah. with a here's a gift you know it, with words underneath yeah. you know so or 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 a 30 second snippet or whatever mm -mm -mm. That, that's a really good idea. Yeah. I, because uh, I, I hadn't considered, like, how much is uh, this? This is more of a technical question, but how much is uh, GIFs and images a, a concern when it comes to, like, bandwidth? Like, Ooh, bandwidth? get ready for this. Uh -oh. If you subscribe to a service, you don't have to worry about that bandwidth. I mean, because uh -huh. it's all going to be hosted on third party whatevers, but also, uh, I, I know that you have spent a decade training your brain to respect copyright and respect <laughs> takedown notices. Well, and also like the, all the 56K warnings. Email. Go, you go nuts. You do whatever. <laughs> Which is funny because that's that's the most fingerprinted way I could do it. Yeah. yeah. But, but again, what are they going to say? Like, please take down your email. No, they can't. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. This is this is this is really good information. I feel 
much better oriented uh, to start this uh, because I know when when I was when I was setting it up over the weekend, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna make the Mailchimp account for sure, but then. Do I want to have a website that also archives all the stuff? Because I know with Mailchimp you can get permalinks to letters, but like, do I want to have just a backup blog or something? Do I, I like? I was starting to get in my head worry, about a million other things, and I need to just do the emails first. Worry about the email, and I will if I can give a piece of advice, which is Brian and I don't want to use the word Schadenfreude because it's not quite what I feel when I look at my. $80 a month MailChimp bill and I'm like ah, I'm not using it enough ah, I like well over any year if if $1000 a year am I glad that I have it I'm like yeah it's, I get a more than $1000 a year use out of it a month dear you talk about an 801 you made me feel a lot better uh, yeah, um, but, okay. <laughs> well and, and 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 by the way um uh, I'm sure your imagination, I mean, I don't know, I'll say the numbers. Like, uh, it turns out once you have 100,000 people on your on your email list, like we had to purge 50,000 people, uh, and it wasn't because we didn't want to try to reach them. These are all authentically well-earned people who signed up for the email list. It's just that uh, you know who doesn't want to spend $400 more per month uh, on emails that don't appear to be opened? So we ended up... Um, Basically, if nobody had opened a single email for the past year and change, we put them in a special list and we said, hey, you're about to be deleted. Just click on this picture of a hamster falling down a hill if you want to stay in, like literally do anything. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know, 7,000 of them responded or whatever. And But then of the remaining 33,000, it's like, Goo. hey. No, for reals, we're about to delete you. Do nothing if you want to be deleted. And then uh, even then, we didn't really delete them. What we did is we put them in cold storage, and whenever we feel like it, we can add them back. But don't worry about that. But but yeah. but we're no longer actively emailing them. Mm -hmm. But but yeah. but again, I mean that the, look, those are good problems to have. Turns out <laughs> when you start doing email lists in 1997 at every live show that you perform, uh, you get to a place over over 20 24 years oh, sure. <laughs> where where you know uh, you yeah. you have to worry about an eight hundred dollar on the beer. On, on the flip a side, beer? <laughs> a, a, a bill <laughs> or a beer, an eight hundred dollar a month beer. Can you imagine that beer? Uh, on the flip side, I went to go log into my Mailchimp account because I had done the that sounds not cool for for a while, uh, and it couldn't it wouldn't log me in, and I was so confused why. And it turns out that they will delete your account if you don't use it in over a year. Ooh. <laughs> but I really I, I I I just it would just would have been credentials thing. I I don't entirely know I was gonna get those. But that people. that so, actually is a good point because you want to have everything backed up and archived in right. such a way because you know it's con I mean, places go belly up yeah um yeah you can download i periodically download my email list from them so i have it uh, um and here's the thing it's the thing to think about too was that like i was stressing out because part of it was every time i went to go see and send an email through mailchimp like i think their functions if i was doing regular marketing stuff and all that i think their functions are great but man if i just want to send out a quick update or whatever it was a pain in the ass i got in the habit of getting used i got one of the like email by email sort of links so i use that a lot i just email you can get like a email to an account at mailchimp and have it resent to everybody else so i can just do plain text oh that is one of the weird things that you I think the new reality, I, I, I don't know if we're part of the problem or the solution, but uh, MailChimp has been fairly liberal at pointing out how many people have not opened your email and explaining that they will never open your email unless you resend it again right now. So uh, Really? Yeah. And, and statistically speaking, just I'm, a time of day thing or no, it's a, a, a first of all, the odds of 100 percent of everybody opening your email is exactly zero. So after 24 hours, it comes back and says, um, hey, man, 91 percent of everybody on your list did not open your email. Now's a good time to resend it. Mm. Just click here to resend. Mm. And uh, we see the same thing with Twitter, which, again, this in all of our minds as consumers triggers our our spammy response but i think that's just the new reality where it's so, like do they does it it doesn't reserve it it reserves it to the people who also clicked into it too no it okay. it, it, it will send it to it, it automatically segments everybody who did not respond to it now okay. 
truthfully, the that that alchemy is not 100% precise either because what they're doing is if a picture is opened, then it's a special version of the picture that allows them to track. If there's a thing that is clicked on, it's a special version or whatever. In theory, every email is downloaded and somebody could open an email in such a way that MailChimp would never know it. But if you're using any of the major services like, you know, Hotmail, Gmail and all those, it would be a report. It's, it's going to be able to know whether or not it's been opened. I'm, I'm, I, every now and then I, I look at like some of these services that make it easy to just put your own, build your own email service, like on Amazon S3 or whatever like this. Cause you look at the, the prices there. I am afraid that I'm like one, a couple weeks away from a weekend project. I'm just building my own service. <laughs> Uh, to send or to receive? To send, just because of my frustration of like what I pay versus what I get. And... But, okay, uh, remember what you're really getting is the expertise because this is the other thing. They know all of the best practices because I used to use a, a program that would individually from my own computer create an email, send it, stop, create an email, send it, stop. No, no, no. I mean, I mean the Amazon S3 service that specifically has the white label listing and all that built into it and Got all it. of that. that, that, that you're right. Yeah. Cause the other way, like, yeah, I used to do the way that, and that's don't, you're, you're better Might off as well that, just throw there it are away. now. Yeah. Yeah. There are like Amazon has their own service, which people who do, cause like you, cause the position you're into Brian is like, you're at the point where you're afraid to grow because of the cost of that. And to be honest, you're almost a borderline point for you to hire somebody part time to sort of run a system. You might be more advantageous, might be better off for you to do that because I mean, my God, you know, yeah, look, $800 a month that's almost $10,000 a year. There's somebody out there that probably has a homegrown something that that would, yeah, if, if they could, if they could prove that they could reach as many people as MailChimp, then at that point, that, that sort of alters the that alters the deal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mailchimp, Mailchimp, like, is amazing how big that company is, and part of it is the 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 fact that you kind of got locked into it. That was sort of the beautiful sort of thing is the lock in is the idea of like I gotta go somewhere else, but everybody else is sort of priced kind of the same, and they've added a ton a ton of functionality. But I'm and at they, the point where like, man, they also have done a pretty good job of maintaining a healthy reputation. I I mean, I would say <laughs> yep. the 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 majority of what you're buying is is in general, they don't truck with bad practices uh, and, and oh, they yeah. do a good no, job they, of, yeah. 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 And, and, I, and I, like, it, 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 yeah, if I, if it was my full-time job and I knew what the hell I was doing, I would say it's a much, I'd, I would get more out of the, there's a lot of value to be have there, but I don't deprive, derive as much value out of there because, you know, my, I'm just a simple country chicken. <laughs> well, an, and, an and also time. like I've made the pivot into, uh, commodity launches whereas everything you're doing is 100 percent your original content yeah like like I don't, I don't think i've ever seen you send out an email push for you know a, 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 you know a coaster that you just found on aliexpress yeah uh oh i can do <laughs> like that though. Me. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like you know I, I i mentioned earlier i think that you know i am definitely open to spinning off into other ideas as need be right like writing up an email like this is basically all the notes you would need to do a podcast version of it or yeah. some sort of bloggy thing like there there i i'm i'm open to monetizing it but right now i just want to have some fun with my friends well and keep in mind you never know when the idea of a lifetime is going to hit you and uh you know we talk about the three currencies story attention and sales right this is you cashing in sales in order to get people to sign up so that you can reach them or whatever and as you provide value in the new story of bryce talks about video games or whatever mm -hmm. at some point three years from now you, you you'll have that epiphany of oh my god i figured it out it's the perfect uh high school robot dating simulation and uh, uh, it probably already exists. I guarantee it exists. It uh, doesn't. It robot. Okay. I, I'm gonna say. I'm the gonna say. The point is sixty percent. Yes. The point is <laughs> you're gonna be very glad that you've done the, the, that. You've laid the groundwork so mm -hmm. that you can actually reach everybody when that when that moment comes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it. Thank you guys for the good words. Email us. Uh, okay, yep. now, but answer yes, no. Would you like to go to the transistor ball? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a metric date. <laughs> Question, are you AC or DC? <laughs> Check yes or no. 
<laughs> uh, uh, yeah, my pick will be Mailchimp. I gotta go pick up my daughter. I love you guys. Bye. Okay. <laughs> uh, Andrew, I've got a pick. I I bet you know. I bet you you. I would bet dollars to donuts you even know it. Um, there is a very good um, iOS and uh, iPad app that is now on Mac called Drafts. Do you know Drafts? Um, I'm sure I've played with it, but I don't think I've seen it lately. Let me see. And I, and I think they just had a uh, an update. Re- I think I think they update it pretty recently. But the yeah, idea behind this, but the idea behind Drafts is that it's a it's a text editor. It's a mark. It's got Markdown. I think you can add like coding languages and stuff to it too. Um, but the the conceit of it is like, hey, anytime you are going to write something on your phone, do it in Drafts first. And Mm -hmm. it has all of these like outward actions where like, okay, you want to write a tweet, open up drafts and write the thing and slide a thing over. And there's a button that says tweet and you click it and it tweets it. Um, uh, You want to make a grocery store list to do that. Like I, and and the problem is I'm only like about a week or so into it because I'm I'm using it to keep my ideas for the, the newsletter in. And I'm still trying to figure, like, I can tell that there's a lot you can do with it. There are workspaces mm-hmm. and automation, all sorts of actions you can do. And I have, I am completely above my, uh, above my head uh, in it. But it seems really cool. And as I've used a few different Markdown editors on iOS. And as far as that goes, I think it's pretty good. It's got a very customizable action bar above the keyboard. Um, it has tagging. It shows you markdown syntax in uh in real time it lets you preview stuff it can there's a special mode where if you if you keep links together and you put all the links in the thing there's a button where you can just view the document and tap on the links and not have to like tap on the thing and then tap on the thing again and go in like it 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 seems very very well thought out but i don't know always that they expect you to use it so side note um you know the connection between john gruber and markdown right he daring firebell uh he is he he's not the inventor of yeah he created markdown is okay because i know i've yeah. been i know i've seen i i've never I, I guess i've never looked at the full story but i knew he was very integral to it uh yes yeah Mar- and markdown's Mar- great yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh so uh yeah i'm looking at drafts i'll tell you what i like um i mean i don't know much it's got great reviews but again these days i don't know what to believe they're doing the subscription model, which is sort of the standard, right? Now, the, the upside of subscription models for developers is that it's incentive to keep the app going. Because the problem is if you have a super popular app and you sell a bunch of copies and everybody buys it, and then after that you have a slow amount of adoption rate, you're de-incentivized to develop. But the problem is a lot of developers price their stuff stupidly. You know, I've seen like, oh, we think we're worth six bucks a month. I'm like, I'm going to use a notepad. I've, I've seen that. I've had some things that I really like to use that were like writing apps and stuff, but then they did. Um, I'm not going to name names right now, but I, they <laughs> then priced themselves in such a stupidly high rate that I'm like, this is your. I would not, you know, to ask me to pay this every year or whatever. You're, it's an absurd rate, and I think they've had this problem because, like, ah, oh, we think we're worth this. Like, yeah, but it's not about paying what you think it's worth. What the market will bear yeah. here. They're doing monthly, but it's two bucks a month, and it's like twenty for the year. And yeah. if it's if it's if you get as much utility out of that, mm-hmm. twenty bucks to try a writing app, yes, perfect. I'm like I'm, I'm curious to try out this. And and uh, the reason the thing that got me into checking this out is that they had the developer of drafts on um, another really uh, good podcast due by Friday this past week, and just hearing them talk about like what are your actions, how are like there is. I think Drafts has a good reputation, which uh, uh, helps support a subscription uh, style model like this. But it really does seem to be more fully featured um, and worth the idea of saying, instead of typing your text anywhere else into your phone, just type it into this app and it will remember it and it will save it and it will do it will send it out in a smart way. Um, I think I think it, uh, uh, it, it it walks the walk. So uh, drafts, I think it's very cool. And the free version, you can do a lot with the free version. Um, mm-hmm. um, and and it seems pretty cool. I think the stuff that you would get is extra autom- automation stuff, uh, workspaces. There's a whole like inbox paradigm of, um, I, I don't even know, but there's an inbox. It has its own inbox. So uh, drafts, I think it's very cool. It's on all the Apple stuff. 
Yeah, I'll take a look at this. I like it's on all the platforms. I'm, you know, excited. And I'll tell you that the encouraging thing was that their their pricing model was just not. I got to pull up. I got to look at just just out of curiosity something else there to see. Um, and that's the the next big thing is also like to think about like where do you where does your data live? You know, where do you get to store stuff? Because that's one of the things often is we we get these things that we really like, mm-hmm. and then we don't know where they live. The data lives, and so for me, like everything goes to a Dropbox. I try to make every idea, every thought, everything is backed up onto multiple computers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the thing I'd suggest to you. And I brought up the idea before um, about like why I like to use the right to email, like you know where I can just with Mailchimp, oh, a lot wow. of services. And and the reason I bring that up is you talked about like you know doing the blog, doing everything else like this. And the problem you get into, as you know, is that sometimes it's you have the things that you want to write or you want to do, but it's the action of trying to express those things that gets very frustrating. Right. It feels like you are yeah. getting in your way once you have to start thinking about H1 and H2 tags and start thinking about, like, it's it's the problem of editing while you're writing um, too much, right? Where you think you have to be writing linearly um, and editing linearly when, in reality, your mind is thinking non-linearly and is thinking about many disparate objects. And the point of writing is to organize those objects and so that it can be readable. Yeah, and you get into just like when you go to do an email, because like that was my frustration MailChimp. Like, oh, I got to send, tell everybody I got a book out and open a MailChimp. All right, create a new campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, now choose the template. Now drew this. And I'm like, I just want a photo of my book and the text, <laughs> you know, I, and a link. I, oh, that's all I want. And and that was sort of, and I get what they do is great for like, if you want, I want to put together a really good kind of catalog email thing. And the simple sort of stuff just there's probably more I could do to sort of simplify my workflow, but that'd be my advice to you is spend more time on your process of how you're going to get out there and, and like thinking through the process to get the content from your head to your audience in the, in the, in the lead up so that 20 weeks from now, 30 weeks from now, the fatigue, you're not going to be getting fatigue, not because mm-hmm. you don't have anything to share, but because you're like, I don't want to spend 30 minutes having to go make sure the template's right and this right. and all that because that's where I drop off. My fade happens with everything else that comes after. Yeah. You know, that was, um, I mean, that was part of the reason why I didn't start this off as a podcast. I mean, I have a lot of, uh, you know, experience making podcasts, but there's so I've much heard. overhead. <laughs> there's so much overhead involved in just owning a podcast between mm-hmm. hosting, websites, RSS feeds directories uh, uh editing music like there's so much around it and the podcast format is very open the audio format is very open to a lot of different things but if what i'm trying to do is is create a low friction project um then then keep a text keep it a thing where if i spend five minutes on it in a day or two hours on it i am getting um a lot of work done and i can do it in a lot more places yeah yeah, yeah, no. So I think I think start simple, start there. You know, I I sit down like I'm in the process of working on a, uh, you know, yet another idea for an app. As I I you know have bring in some friends to help me with another one. I'm like ah, I like to make things, mm-hmm. and I'm going to like dribble, you know, dribble.com, and I've been looking at like what what do I want? How as a consumer or a user, what do I want? I have the idea behind my head, the problem I'm trying to solve, but also how do I want, what do I like? So with your email, like I would make notes of like what you think is done really well. And sometimes the things that like the things that work best are invisible because they just work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, take a look at that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. trying to be very, um, user oriented or u- user first is, is, is something I try to keep in mind with, with a lot of yeah. the, with all the stuff that we do, because there's, it's so easy to get lost on this side of it. Where you're just like, I need to organize these things because I have this concept. But people don't go into emails thinking about your concept. They go into emails reading the very first word. You know, uh, there's so you have to take their perspective into account. So let me if I can I extend this. Just sorry, I want to I want to pitch you an idea. I want to hear your take on this. Okay. okay. I periodically get people who say like, Oh, you did a live stream. I'm upset. I wish I knew. You know, I got maybe four people tell me this, but still, people tell me this. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew you did this thing, and. 
maybe sending an e- sending an email out is maybe helpful, but a lot of people check their email periodically, but sometimes people want to know. Mm-hmm. Notifications are interesting. And so I just built an application that works on iOS and Android that does notifications. And so I went to, so like background notifications. So in the middle of whatever, it'll pop up on your phone when the app's not running, whatever. And I went through the whole, hmm. that fun thing is said, now I know it. Right. Now I understand it. Now, now I know how it works. Now I had to build it. Now I know how to build apps on all the platforms that have that. And I think I was thinking about an idea I had a while ago, which was a service where basically what it is, is um, people would subscribe to like, I'd say, hey, if you want notifications or whatever you want to know, if you want me to pop a pop up, just subscribe to this and you'll get a pop up notification whenever I do a thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of a bullhorn to say like, oh, yeah. I'm going on you know, weird things. Oh, new book. Andrew Main, I have a new book out, whatever. And and so that was my idea was sort of like something like that to say, hey, check this out. And uh, and so the idea is it would be like an easy to use service like that where someone so what could it would say be is you would yeah you would you would say you Bryce would let, let's call it like bullhorn or whatever like this you would tell everybody oh go get the bullhorn app right yeah and then subscribe to me on there and mm-hmm. then anytime I have something cool or new I'm doing you'll get a notification pop up mm-hmm. I um that's interesting because. Because there are so many services that do, like Twitch, people can choose to subscribe and get and get notifications. Mm-hmm. Of course, on Twitter, you can uh, sign up to get notifications when uh, mm-hmm. somebody tweets anything. Um, but having a more curated push notification thing like that. And so you could, what, send them to specific deep links or do would they have to go to the app that generated the no, notification? No, it could be deep link. You could, you, could, you could deep link. You could say, tweet this link to everybody. Tell them I'm doing blank. And so, because like mm-hmm. notifications, you can push that through. So, because uh, it would be basically a, a yeah, I get into the technical link. But yes, the thing would be like, and I could put like payload of your image or whatever. So it would pop up and it would be like bullhorn or whatever. I'm just throwing that name out there. There would be like Bryce, da, 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 here. Yeah. I, that's, that would be really, in fact, I, th- there, uh, I'm, I'm a little distracted because I thought that there was a service that did something like that, but I think Wait. not. But that would be, I, that would be a really helpful thing because I'm, I'm sure there are so much of what people want to use, like vanity apps or their own apps is to, you know, create a funnel to drive acquisitions and sales. And have it so that people who are really interested in the person or the or the property uh, can get push notifications. And I think if you had something that was meant to uh, go for, um, say, you know, not as big big names, and have it be like, here's a thing where people use our app to get notifications. I think I think there's, I think it's possible, but you have to make the sign up process very easy. Because if the thing is like. If you want to follow me on all of these different services, now you need to get another service and fi- and find me on it and hit the button and make your own account there. Like that that is the is the real th- trick of it. Yeah, that that's the hard part is is that you're 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 telling people you got to download this app and sign up for this app to be able to to track me. That is the the hard part. But and I agree, that's the thing that's sort of like, well, it's another thing to say. But then the idea is like, oh, you can track everything on here through here, you know, plus if other people you want to know what they're doing. The advantage is, is that if once your fans are on it and they're listening to me and I'm like, oh, yeah, guys, I'm on there, too. They go, oh, cool. I'm going to get notified by Andrew Maine on there, too. Yeah. Um, and And I think the other thing is you can really target this at specific types of creators. Right. If you're like YouTubers almost certainly do not need this. Um, not that they would not find any use of it, but that the 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 background notification process is democratized on YouTube. You can follow someone mm-hmm. and not get notifications. You can follow someone and get some or follow them and get all of them. That people already have the choice and all of the options there. But if you are, say, a, an, a writer, an author, uh, say that uh, maybe you're a podcaster, right? Like podcast apps can give you push notifications, but not everybody listens to all of the podcasts that they download. I certainly don't. I have a lot of podcasts that I download every week and do not listen to. Um, well, remember too, like the 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 YouTuber case could be YouTube works great when you're going through that YouTube platform, though. If I am a YouTuber and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go on Bryce's Twitter, I'm going to be on guesting on Bryce's YouTube channel, or I'm hopping on Twitch, or I just have a cool thing I want to tell you all about. Oh, sure. You're not going to make a whole video about that. That's a good point. Um, yeah. um, 
though I guess I think for on on YouTube, if I was YouTube, if I was personifiedyoutube.com, I would say, well, we have a whole communities channel, a whole community tab on your channel that um, people might be able to get push notifications for too. But but I I think beyond that, I I think there are just plenty of of types of creators who don't have any means, any easy way to do this. Yeah. Um, that I think an app like that would be would be really great. Yeah. Oh. Uh, did okay. did you have an after things pick by the way? Did, is there uh, my my after things pick is uh, if you read Console Wars by Blake J Harris and you like really cool video game stuff, my pick is you check out the brand hot new video game newsletter by Mr. Bryce Castillo. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, was it Nesh, yeah, go to his website, which is at neshcom.com. Click the thing that says games newsletter. Uh, give me an email or just take a look at the show notes. It'll be in the show notes uh, along with all the other picks that we have every week here uh, on the wonderful Weird Things podcast. Yeah. I mean, so after things. please support Bryce. Bryce is the best of us. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, really, really looking forward to that. I'm excited about it because I love like uh, somebody has asked me, like, do you play video games? And I was I went to a wedding. It was at Randy Pitchford's house, you know, Mr. Gearbox. Mm -hmm. And somebody's asked me about video games. Do you play video games? I'm like, no, but like I read a surprisingly large amount about this and I will go deep dive into why people like it or whatever. And, you know, I've, I not that I don't dislike nothing. I dislike him. I just have this thing about oh, I'm spending too much time. But I'm, I'm looking forward to this, Bryce. Thank you. I'm uh I'm 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 excited to do it. I I don't think I've had a text project. I don't think I've ever done a text thing. I've always done audio or video, so I'm excited to. Um, but I love I love typing and writing and stuff. So uh, I'm excited to have a form of that that is um, uh, is is in this way. I'm, I'm excited for it. Cool. It's been after. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>